Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. It's hour three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic afternoon. And uh, staying dry as best you can, staying warm. As uh, We got a good uh, Cowboys topic right here, good Cowboys segment, the C-Note, the Cowboys news of the evening, topic we teased overnight and into the morning. We know that an all-in move, a, a more of an all-in move than we've seen from these Cowboys in maybe a decade, decade and a half, is in the best interest of the team, right? That's what, we, that's what you need to do right now. If you're going to keep this team around, you need to push a lot of salary into now, borrow from the future, break out your salary cap credit card, and go on a shopping spree, try to make this happen. Okay, we all know that. Don't need to rehash it. The question is, will they try to do that? How much hope would that give you? And I want to believe, gentlemen, that because they are essentially running it back, that's the only thing they could do. Last year, they knew the fan base was on the ropes. So what did they do? They made two trades. Cooks and Gilmore. And, uh, you know, it kind of got us excited. Made us think it's probably different. Season started. They knew it sucked, so they changed the offense a little bit. They're scrambling. They're doing everything that's still within the, the confines of their overall team-building strategy and philosophy to try to get it done. I, I think this year might have broke them. And, and now they're, they're realizing that we're going into the final year of Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott's contract. Let's uh, see what happens. You know, this came up because... Dave Hellman, longtime Cowboys uh, cover r- reporter, he he tweeted about the Cowboys options with Dak, and he said, not a single path forward looks appealing. But of the options available, I'd say you either push every chip in the middle and get borderline reckless with it, or you start looking for an exit strategy right now in 2024. I'm up for either one. I just want to believe the Cowboys won't do the status quo on us again, guys. What do you think about how realistic this new all-in talk is i don't i don't find it to be it's it's hard for me to buy into it i mean i I will be i'll be blown away if they do a all-in anything other than just going you know once again all in on dak and giving him the long-term contract uh but otherwise no I, i don't i expect things to remain relatively status quo this is this is what they're going to do it's going to look like a very similar off season as we've seen in the past yeah, I mean, I I think that they're maybe it, it it's trying to be optimistic, spin it in any way positive because they're going to run it back with the coaching staff and with the quarterback. So the only other way to sell to the fan base is like, all right, hey, we're going to be more aggressive this offseason. We're going to attack free agency. We're going to try and go out there, maybe make some big trades, whatever it might be. But it's like, man, I got to see that to believe it. You know, they did a good job, I think, last year with the trades. But it was also trades in which they gave up low picks and those teams ate a good chunk of the salary. So they were trades made on their terms. 
It's not like they were overly aggressive in any way. You know, I just I, I think it's a triple edged sword what what they you know <laughs> talk themselves into. You never really build a great team. You're never picking in the top five back-to-back years where you could get a blue-chip quarterback and tackle or tackle and edge or sauce gardener. You can't get those kind of corners in the draft. And you're essentially building through the draft, trying to find all pros while mostly picking in the 20s. This team-building strategy might be the worst strategy in any sport right now going because of how it puts you on a hamster wheel to nowhere. You're doing a lot of work, you're running hard, you look good and boy, you're you know, you kind of appear to be like you're really running the race. You ain't running the race, man. And 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 you're not using any of of the tools that the champions are using to to push your team over the top. If you're Mike McCarthy, do you demand that they try and help you? Like, okay, I get it. You're making me coach in the last year of my deal. But how about help me a little bit? How about go out and try and spend more money or go out and get more players or go out, you know, don't just, we sit around here and rely on the draft, you know, that's fine. I win you 12 damn games the last three years. I hope Mike's honest. You know, I think I would. I think if I Mike McCarthy, I'm like, fine. You want me to coach my last year here without a contract, then okay. This, I hope we have what, that, Mike. Yeah. It might be job-saving, Mike, though. I want another five years and $25 million so I can stuff my my kids' um, you know, uh, trust funds even more. Yeah. He, he, going Walt White on I, this. Yeah. You, you, and I, I know what you're saying. He don't need the cash that his wife is. Don't worry about that. Okay. But the, the thing about. The <laughs> kids thing, are already stuffed. Don't yeah, worry about that. All right. Yeah. I'm just. No, but you're not wrong. But if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm like. He said his family needs football. They don't need it for the money. Well, they just need it for the football. They just need it for the football. Yeah. You know, Mike, they're they're fine. They, okay. They're honestly they're fine. Maybe they'll get a pro bono but, deal worked out. Yeah, but, pro but bono. To me, if pro, I might McCarthy. Sounds like wife's got something going on, she, too. She's, she's very successful. See, the thing about it is, to me, I I don't quite get it. Because if you're, if you're going to let him coach the last year, but you're not going to do anything, yeah. then you might as well have fired him, you know? You might as well just. But then you would have had to pay him five he, million or six, yeah. seven million dollars. It's a lot of money Whatever. to Jerry. Okay, yeah, he's worth nine billion. Yeah, for, s- for some reason he's worried about five or six but, mil. But that's only pairs his cheerleaders twenty grand each. Okay, I totally Show a little appreciation for totally, the people I, that help make you great. But he he looks at everything like I'm going to maximize my leverage over you. I don't care how little he you does. Are. He does not want you to feel comfortable. That is true. Yeah. He does not want that at the case. But if I Mike McCarthy, I'm kind of like. Listen, you, you know, yeah, fine. You want to get us over the hump? Go get me some more players. Go spend some money yeah. beyond what we're doing in free agency. You know, or, or, or like trading and drafting. Yeah, let's because, go all in, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let, here's what the winning teams do. Here's how we build teams. If, I think it's going to take a really powerful leader, one that's not afraid of getting fired. And maybe Mike McCarthy I, is just that guy right now. I, You know what? To, I Man, I, I would I would take that chance. Yeah, you got you got to go in there and be like, dude, I, I know I, you're gonna fire me if you sure. know if if we don't win. Here's something you got to know before you fire me. Yeah, the the way that you're building a team is not good enough, 
And unfortunately, not to help us, not yeah. to help us get through the playoffs. You, like you we can need to. you can try to draft great every year, and and maybe that can keep you in the playoffs. But if you want to finish this thing and actually get to the Super Bowl, I saw the same thing happen in Green Bay for 13 years. We yeah. won one. Yeah. Everything came together perfect. And Aaron Rodgers kept us close. But even with Aaron Rodgers, a significantly better quarterback than Dak, maybe not in the leadership department, but better, yeah. we, we couldn't even get back and do it with this strategy of drafting and, and holding. So please, you know, let's let's go ahead and go for this. And that's your hope that this season could be different and you know, maybe Jerry looking at the fan base and wanting to give us something to be excited about. If it's not the coach, if it's not a new quarterback, what could it be? An amazing draft, I, I think, is, though I'm with Eric, an amazing draft is our hope for uh, this team getting over the top. And on that note, we're going to take a look at a, at a mock draft here. I'm going to go to Bucky Brooks, Wolchuk. Okay. He's got the Cowboys taking Tyler Guyton, Oklahoma Ooh. tackle, mm-hmm. senior. Seen that one before. Says Cowboys must yeah. prepare for Tyron's eventual departure. Here's my thought, though, real quick. If the Cowboys were willing to keep Tyron this last year, why wouldn't they be again? Right, it's, right. Oh, that's no, exactly for sure. Right, yeah. I have no expectation that they're going to be the one to make the move to say, "Hey, we're done with you." Mm-hmm. Um, if if Tyron Smith is not a Cowboy, it's just because he decided himself he wanted to retire. He's uh, only thirty three years old. Yeah, I mean, he could have three or four more good years in him, and he appears like he's willing to do. Uh, an incentive deal where it's based on games played. Sure. You know, if I'm his agent, I'm like, wow, that's really nice of you. You know, you've probably given this organization $50 million of value over the last decade. Uh, but if this is where you want to be and you're not worried about optimizing your money, hey, this is it's actually a blessing for the Cowboys because the quality of play you got there in the free agent market, at least with pass pro, that's a $20 million player. And he's he's going to do it for 10 again, probably on a, uh, on a per game basis. Uh, so I, I think it'd be foolish to turn that down if you're the organization. Yes, yeah, you just can't put all of your left tackle eggs in that Tyron Smith basket. No, it, yeah. it can't be. It's okay when Tyron Smith's not available. We have a Doga. You know, it's got to be something much better than that. Uh, and maybe that's somebody they draft this year. Maybe that's Tyler Smith. I don't know what the situation is. I know Broadus is not going to be excited about Mr. Guyton, the guy that Bucky Brooks oh, just handed I, us. I think he's the right tackle. You know, I mean, if you're trying to replace Tyron Smith. This guy's a right tackle, you know. That's kind of where I'm at on that. I let's play. Let's replace Steele. If well, you're the right kind of athlete, I'm raw. for it. I mean, he played both left and right tackle there. I mean, maybe an offensive line coach looks at him and it's like, man, I can do a lot with this. But overall, I'm with you. I mean, it's just right. some sloppy technique there. It's weird because it seems like they drafted the Tyron replacement with Tyler. Yeah. But now with how good he's played at left guard, it's like they don't want to move him. That's their left guard. Yeah. So maybe you do need to draft a tackle, and this would be a good tackle draft to do it. If I, you I, had the right center, the combination of Tyron, Tyler, and an awesome I center am, could really blow things up. Give me open. the center first out of this whole deal we're talking about. I, love I, it, I agree, dude. Yeah. I love it. You know, I mean, I'm even to the point now where if you don't want to do anything with Tyron and, and or they, excuse me, they want to move on from Tyron, the best option they honestly can have, draft a center, Move, uh, move uh, Bassin at left guard, and then play Tyler Smith at left tackle. Okay, that yeah. would be that would make your team a lot better. I mean, when you think about the best offensive lines over the years, one with the Cowboys, yeah. Travis Frederick, monster, and then it's been the Eagles lately, and it's Jason Kelsey, yeah. monster center, uh, and then right now with Detroit and Frank Ragnow and what he does there as the center, and yeah. when he's not there, I mean, it is it is almost like. You, he should be in the MVP running. The the offense for Detroit is a completely different offense when their center is not healthy and available. So the the importance of that is just through the roof. With more on this C note, maybe another mock draft and some Peter King content. Here's Wolchuk. 
Yeah, so Peter King was uh, kind of alluding to a similar deal here where the Cowboys just seem surprisingly passive in this championship chase. Now, again, we are hearing that inside the walls of the star, there is definitely more of a sense of urgency. <laughs> like they're realizing, With their okay, words, but not with their actions, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we'll see. But Peter King wrote in his column that it sounds crazy to advocate for the firing of a coach who's won 12 regular season games in each of the last three seasons, and of course it didn't happen with Jerry Jones announcing that McCarthy would be back. But the way these last three seasons have ended, it's beyond concerning. The clock mismanagement at the end of the home playoff loss to the Niners two years ago, the utter offensive toothlessness at San Francisco last year, falling behind 27-0 after 19 minutes to the Packers. Seriously, with the same staff and same court, do you really expect anything different in 2024? This is a franchise that needs to be taken by the scruff of the neck, shaken, and changed from the inside out. But no, instead Jones is running it back. Now, it could be true that Belichick told Jones directly or through intermediaries that he had no interest in joining the circus. Even if that's so, Belichick, like Mike Vrabel, would have been a smart chase. For a man who made millions millions risking it all in the oil business, Jerry seems surprisingly passive in trying to win it all over the past 28 years. Man, I don't think it's Jerry. I think it's Steven. But Jerry Jerry is allowing I, Steven to be this, so he, ultimately it is still Jerry. He's 81 years old. He's 81 years old, and he handed over the day-to-day operations to the team to his son. Are you faulting him for that? Yes. Why? Because the son is obviously doing it in a way that is preventing. It is it is the opposite of whatever a magnet would be. It's a repellent for then, Super Bowls. Then that's not a blame on – if you want to blame Jerry for handing off his team for being 81 years old, I see your argument. But he handed it off to he thought who's the most capable person in his organization, along with a personnel guy that we all love. Yeah. I want to see what Charlotte can do. I tell you what, I think she'd be a badass. She might be. Yeah. She might be willing to take some risks. Yeah, you know, we sure if you, if Jerry Jones is pulling a an Al Davis and really running the team at eighty one years old, I could see arguments here, but I do believe it's Stephen. This is Stephen Jones's team yeah. right now, and 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 if and if Jerry's number one fault is handing it off to somebody that's ultra conservative that way, yeah, then then go ahead and blame him. But it's like right, an Adam Sandler movie. But right now, I, I, I think the blame's going the wrong direction here myself. So it needs to be Steven. Steven needs to be in the blame. I think, St- I think yeah, yeah I, think, I think when you start to talk about when they, the, you know, they don't want to change. They Both don't want Bill Belichick walking in here or Jim Harbaugh walking in here and saying, we need to do this differently personnel-wise. I don't like the way we're doing this personnel-wise. You know, I don't like this. I don't, they don't want that. They don't want that it's easy for them now mike's not going to get in their way about personnel mike's not going to get in their way and say oh well you know like i want him to go in there and say hey we need to do something different here he's not he's not going to do it different it's totally comfortable for the way that these guys operate now it is they don't have anybody questioning their personnel moves they get to draft they get to sign players their own players they don't do things that the guy in Philadelphia does or people who are fighting for their jobs. That's what this football team is. Yeah. They've handed it off from a guy who used to do crazy-ass things, and I was part of the crazy-ass things he did. Heck yeah, you were. You know, and it, you know what? You the crazy ass. I almost said an S-word there. The crazy-ass <laughs> stuff will get you fired, you know, but he handed it off, and that's where we are now. 
that's where we are with this football team. They don't want to change because it's it's they could operate in the way that they're comfortable operating. You know, that's the whole yeah. that's the problem. And it ain't Jerry. Jerry's just stepping back. He's 81 years old, but he still has all the titles and stuff. But he ain't in there rolling up his sleeves doing the nuts and bolts stuff. It's Stephen Jones doing this stuff. Well, he's using his dad eyes instead of his businessman eyes. Mm. Okay, so that is Jerry's fault for not being objective about the crap <laughs> he's job your to, son has done. He's trying to hand on. <clears throat> not teaching son how to be a badass. Well, that's you said it earlier. Stephen Jones pinned his dad up against the wall one time. He did. You know? That, that I trust. I think me. he did it again, and this time he finished. And he the gets job. some of that fire back. He left with Dad's cojones the last time he did it. Well, they've got a general manager in place, and they've got they've a personnel, and they've got a personnel director. We all. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to put you guys in this. I respect the. I, I respect Will McClay. Yeah. I really. Oh, I, I do too. too. I do yeah. too. And I think that I think that you know I think there's some things that maybe Will would want to do differently, but he understands what they're up against. Yeah. But he does not want change. None of those guys want change because it change means they have to do things completely differently from what they've done before, which they've had success doing. Drafting. You know, they they draft really, really well. They occasionally sign a free agent that is uh, you know, is kind of un- under the radar kind of guy that works out. You know, they they don't play the game that we used to play in the early two thousands, effing up this team. You know, signing guys, not working out, drafting poorly. You know, that's that's where that's Jerry still is capable of doing that if you put him in charge. That's well, good sports passion right there. I was going to say, I, I feel like we need to get yeah. a standing ovation, round of applause nah, there man. for us. The passion, the ability to dodge the, the S bomb the there, problem, right? but I make mean, the point numb. You, 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 you drove it. it home, bro. I, I'm just saying, if you, you know, you folks need to focus on Stephen Jones now. Okay. They need to focus on that. That's where you need to focus your your, your anger. Here he is, Brian Broaddus, the former Cowboys scout, NFL executive, a lifelong Cowboys fan, and the number one influencer on Cowboys social media. He's at Brian Broaddus if you want to follow him on Twitter X. Top 10 420s coming up next. Zach with an H, where are you taking us? It's one of the best days of the year. It's National Pie Day. We've done a variety of top 10 pie lists, but I've got the most popular pies from every decade. That's Ooh. next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back, nation. Hope you're having a good one. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Franklin for a free consultation, 214 or 817 333 Go to truckwreck.com. Have some Mavs rumor rooskies coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. Now, here's your woolly bully, Zach with an H, with his top 10 at 420. Thank you very much, National Pie Day. It's a great day. 877-881-1053. Go ahead and text in uh, all your favorite pies. Now, we've done top 10 best pies in America, top 10 best pies in the world. But this is going to be the top 10 pies from every decade. So I think everybody will have a little little something in here invested. Yeah. Depending on when you were born. What was the top pie of your decade? Now, we're going uh, kind of by the year here. So it's not your traditional top 10 where, like, number one is number one. Number one would be, like, the 1900s. It's as far back as we're going. Rhubarb pie. The rhubarb pie, who knows, could be making an appearance. Ooh. Now, you would be out on the rhubarb, right, because it is that fruit? I don't know what a rhubarb is. I don't either. I don't either, but I was... Okay. Uh, Punchline. There was a, a neighbor a neighbor of mine uh, who is from Indiana handed that thing over as, like, a holiday present and... Uh, well, not for me. The rhubarb wasn't a crowd pleaser. Not for me. Not, not in particular. And you'll eat anything. I really will. Uh, but pies, pies are special. I mean, in the what, what was it during the Roaring Twenties? Brought us what was y'all's pie of choice? I would say in the Roaring Twenties, we were probably God, we were poor at the time. We call it the Roaring Twenties, but really, we were starting to have depressionary things. Uh, I'm going to say that maybe the Probably the cherry pie was the the theme of the day, I think. Probably in the twenties, wouldn't be the twenties. No, mm. uh, the cherry pie wasn't quite the the pie of the twenties. Now, I'll, I'll I heard get, it would make a grown man cry, though. It would. Yes, here's my cherry pie. If uh, it's the sweet kind, yeah. But we love the sweet. Was it the apple in the twenties? It's not the apple. So here are your honorable mentions: the shepherds, twenty tens. No, there you go. And hey, the shepherd pie can't go wrong with the honorable mentions: the twenty tens. That's going to be like an allergy friendly pie, like you know. The gluten freeze. Oh, that's what we're doing here. The wow. Or the keto, uh, the dairy free. You know, we're getting we're getting big into the allergens here, which I understand. So there's no real pie here. We're just making up stuff. What are we doing? Uh, no, there, there's actual pies. Two thousand is mini pies. Uh, that's the honorable mention there. Oh. 1990, the most popular pie of the decade was the confetti pie. Like funfetti. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, like, looks rainbow. You know, it's like a traditional sugar pie, and then they put in a bunch of sprinkle, rainbow sprinkles in it. Man. Just for color. It kind of seems I'm just like gonna a, turn my mic a cop-out. Yeah. Why? I, I, I thought it was, like, real, like, pies. These don't they seem like real pies. These are gimmick pies, aren't they, bro? Yeah, this doesn't seem like real, like... This oh, is like the trying to reinvent the wheel pies. We'll get yeah. to a few. Yeah. That are, that like the that pumpkin you, pie. Yeah, would we'll be get to like, a few. Well, you know, when you do uh, a list every year for National Pie Day, I can't just keep retreading the top 10 pies, which are no, pumpkin no, no, and apple. No, so no. we're trying to get a little bit creative here. Oh, okay. Trying to just bring a fresh list. All right. For those that are Tolos and turn it on, leave it on, they're like, man, you're going like, to bring back the same I, list I hope next they're year. not as confused as I was earlier. Well, no, you'll, you'll get to some of your traditional serious pies here in just a moment. Number uh, ni- 1980s. How about be- the tamale pie? <laughs> if we're playing a game here, then. Tamale pies? <laughs> I yeah. like the idea of serious pies. I, hey, I'm all for the savory. 
Get some pizza in there. 3.14 pie. Some chicken pot pie. Maybe now, a little turkey I, pot pie. I was pie. a 70s guy, and I've seen some pictures from that boom. era. Can I suggest bush pie? Boom, boom, boom. It's not a bad one. Similar to the rhubarb pie. You know, a lot of vegetation. That's there. true. There was a big recession there into the decade. 1970s comes in at number nine, which is, or eight, I should say, the mud pie. Okay. Which I think you could put a little bit of a spin on what you just said there. Oh, the mud pie. The mud pie. It's it just cool. like a chocolate yeah, it's delight. It's fudgy. Yeah. Fudgy. yeah. yeah it's, That's it's, more of a 2020s thing, I feel yeah. like. More of a recent <laughs> development. Some people might want to put ice cream in there. It is trendy. You've got uh, number nine, the 1980s is the pudding Very pie. Very popular in San Francisco, that mud pie. Is it? Yeah. 1980s is the pudding pie. Wow. Instant pudding. Totally tubular in the 80s, as they would say. Very inappropriate. <laughs> what? Totally tubular was a great uh, adjective, I think, descriptive word of some kind. You can how get you. How you, did you use that? Uh, several times. Oh. I don't know how often. It, I was young. Another one, which was great. I don't know <laughs> if it blew up here, but one of your friends would tell you something that they were like stoked about, and you'd sarcastically say back, "Oh, powerful." But it was a burn because it wasn't cool at all. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it was the eighties. <laughs> you know. <laughs> In a rat tail and some parachute pants. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Tubular. Yeah. 1960s. And Brian, I don't know. Maybe you can help us with this one. I've never heard of this pie. It's basically mint and chocolate, but it's called the grasshopper pie. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That's mint. So yeah, this is mint chocolate? Yeah. 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 This is legit. Fla- okay. Flakes of, yeah, flakes of chocolate. That sounds yeah. wonderful. It yeah. is very good. Like a minty green grasshopper cocktail is what it was based off of. 1950s, we've got the jello pie. That was big in the 80s as well. This has a bunch of strawberry in it. Yeah. The, the, the Jello thing. You could was, put things in there. Yeah, the Jello though. You could you could put the Jello into a uh, like a bunt pan. So a bunt pan is a way to cook. Okay. You know, a, a cook a like cake, a bunt cake. Cake. So you put the Jello and it uses a mold. Mm-hmm. So you make the mold and then you dump it. And if somebody was serving like Jello as like a as a dessert, Thanksgiving dessert. Yeah, yeah you kind of like that. That was a, that was kind of you're quitting. You're really just yeah. quitting because you're mixing Jello and putting it, and then putting it in the fridge. It and is. It's bad. It's a. It's and you and you drop fruit in it. It's even more of a quit. 1940s is the apple pie. So there you go. Okay. And number five. We got the apple pie. Makes sense. This one uh, was interesting to me. Curious about 1920s still. 1930s. This one might be the most obscure. Vinegar pie. Wow. You could make it taste good. Uh. I guess because this was the Great Depression. Yeah. So the result, desperation that, that, pies. That's what I'm thinking, man. It's a the vinegar-filled version when mixed with sugar. The vinegar mellows out into a sweet, tart, silky smooth custard. Yeah. It looks disgusting. Let me see. Yeah, Ooh. I want to see a picture of that it's thing. It's not looking good, man. So is that how we stumbled upon the greatness of the salt and vinegar chip? Was it the Depression? Maybe. You know, is that where, like, like did vinegar really start to get a stranglehold on, on the... Uh, on the culinary landscape because of the Great man. Depression? Because then you're starting to, when you're starting to look for silver linings, it could be a, that's one, one of those, man. I'm having, to cook, I'm having to cook dishes a lot more with vinegar, but it's like rice wine vinegar, like when I do my, yeah, my it's, Chinese It's dishes. actually a, a nice little flavor deal if you can yeah. get the right balancing of it. But yeah, I don't think barbecue. And, I, I don't think the staying power of the vinegar pie, though. No, I mean, well, you, vinegar's a base for uh, the, the North Carolina barbecue sauce. 
Yeah, mustard which mustard vinegar feels taste. like yeah. it makes a little bit more yeah, sense yeah, there. Yeah. But goodness gracious, I mean, has do we get vinegar pies anymore? I don't yeah, think so. like where can you get the vinegar pie? You like, products, be, have you ever tried a vinegar pie? No. You, okay. No. You would you would be surprised though, like to me, how people bake, like they make brownies and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and put, familiar. And put salt in the recipe, like they you will put a yeah, like sweet a pinch, and salty baby. You put a pinch of salt, so you're doing something chocolate related, but you're making like brownies and stuff. And it calls the recipe calls for a pinch of salt, mm, which you would think like, huh? what the hell, huh? But it's it's something that, that mixes well. Nineteen twenties is the whoopie pie. Ooh, the whoopie pie. Making whoopie pie was the pie Love of the nineteen twenties that comes in number two. Yeah, that was a favorite that, line from Chuck Woolery. Okay, the whoopie pie is that just the basic with the chocolate with the vanilla. Cream in the Soft middle of cake, it. like cookies. With a, with oh. a graham cracker. And the gooey flavor. It's like a homemade yeah. giant Oreo. Yeah. yeah. It does kind of look actually, like Actually, it's like, Dawson, it's like the moon pie. Like they, oh, yeah. Yeah. they make fun of Alabama, ass. like yeah. the RC Cola and the moon pie. Mm-hmm. That's what the whoopie pie is. And it's graham crackers, the white filling, and chocolate all dipped together. This one's also weird. 1910s, number two, we've got the icebox pie. So even though refrigerators weren't invented in no. 1913. no. Most Americans still relied on their trusty icebox to keep foods cold. And in the warm summer months, nothing satisfied satisfied like a chilly icebox pie. Is that like a like a like a uh, cold like like, a, cr- uh, like an ice cream pie? A little bit, yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like a lemon ice cream pie. This picture. I see that. That sounds incredible to Doesn't me. Doesn't sound bad at all. The ice cream pies are are spectacular. Uh, a lot of people are, are texting in about like what decade is the cream pie? Well, nineteen hundreds. <laughs> Number one. I thought that was the 60s. The 1900s, the number one pie, the pie of the decade was the banana cream pie. Okay. A tremendous use of bananas. I've Absolutely. been outspoken about the the um, improper use of bananas to make desserts. You can't just put a banana in a bowl of ice cream and be like, <laughs> but if you're doing what they do right there, like with the banana pudding and the banana you know, pie, stuff uh, like that, they're, yeah. they're going next level and adding so much sugar that the, the, the banana slices, they kind of... They kind of dissolve into this sugary banana goo, and that's what you want. And there the, banana, the banana, the pudding with the vanilla wafers. Is it's yeah. so good. I mean, imagine well. pie form. That's delicious. So there's your top ten pies of the decade. Dude, that's a brilliant idea. If you have, like, the wafers as, like, the crust of the pie. Hell yeah. And then Absolutely. everything else is the banana. I mean, you could really get something going here. I don't know if that's what they were doing. I don't know if they were doing vanilla wafers at the time. Probably didn't have vanilla wafers. You know, as, as the crust, but... You yeah. could grind up vanilla wafers and make a really good crust. Sounds delicious. We have crossed the midway point threshold of the G-Bag Nation. We'll take it all the way to 7 o'clock, including the expressway in the 5 o'clock hour. We take it commercial-free 520 all the way to uh, the top there of the, uh, the 6 o'clock hour. Okay, uh, when we come back, it's, uh, it's, it's time for some more Mavericks content. And there is news that I believe is going to make MFFLs very excited about the NBA trade deadline that's around the corner. And then addition of football's finest coming up at 5 o'clock here. It's the G-Bag Nation fan. Thank you, Lucius. We have uh, football's finest coming up at 5 o'clock. We have some trade rumor rooskies that are indeed insane in the membrane right here for you. And this is what I love to see because it means the Mavs are so involved in trade talks that people are constantly leaking out info they can't control it. You know how secretive Mark Cuban's become in these trade talks in recent years. He doesn't own the team anymore, so he can leak all he wants. Well, I thought he was still in charge. He can leak all he wants. The final decisions. That's, that's the Vegas people's job now. Well, whatever the case, we have a lot of players that are rumored to be with the Mavs, and even uh, Mark Cuban himself. He narked on himself there this week. 
saying they want a big man, 6'8 or taller, who can create off the dribble. That is what they are looking for right now. I would also add uh, that you you need another veteran big man to go along uh, with, uh, with Derek Lively. You don't have to find a great one. Like, you know Robert Williams, who was with the Celtics when they made the finals against the Warriors? Yeah, I just, that, that's all you need. You know, come on, Looney. Just go. The rim protector that can yeah. rebound. Just Some battle it out with Jokic and Embiid yeah. if we, if we meet in them the in a series. And uh, Chris Haynes reported that Portland is open to trading Robert yeah. Williams. And there are teams that are, you know, obviously looking at him uh, because he is. Like, when he's on the court, his health has been a huge issue over yeah. the course of his career. But that dude is a difference maker. And he's hurt right now. He's not going to be able to play until next year. But that gives you an idea of how much teams are looking for a big man who's athletic and mobile. You know, and they're so rare, but you know the the need to be able to actually defend on the perimeter just a little bit while being massive is very rare. And the few guys that can do it are going to be in high demand. Brian, okay, uh, let me give you guys needs, and you tell me if you got a player in mind. I hope this not stumping anybody or anything like that. But somebody might about eight players. I'm making my way towards Brian. Gotcha. Okay, three needs fall in the three different buckets: playmaker, three and D wing, combo big. Yeah, you okay. know, yeah, playmaker, yeah. three and D wing combo big is in your in your watching these basketball games on a nightly basis. Is there are there names that you're hearing? Are there names that you like? Yes. Are there names that you could say that guy would be a great fit? Who is a playmaker, a three and D wing, and a combo big because that seems to be what they're kind of. Yeah, dancing with right. They, now. they, um, you know, I, I found all the three and D wings mostly. Although there's a playmaker in here as well, and then I gave you the the big in, in Robert Williams. Okay. But um, there's a Serbian player who is also of Israeli descent, Denny Avdia in uh, Washington, mm. and I believe uh, you know, he's like a point forward, and I, I love that. Twelve point six rebounds, four assists per game in Washington, and they're asking about Kyle Kuzma as well. But Avdia is a player that the Mavs reportedly have interested in. Like, if you Google Mavs and the, and, the, and the trades right now, there's probably seven or eight guys. In Charlotte, you have P.J. Washington, good defensive player at the four, can play five, decent score, doesn't really have the playmaking ability that Avdia did, but he gives you a different kind of four. And then how about this? There's reports that the Mavs are looking into Miles Bridges who's averaging 20 and 70s. Been in the league for five or six years, but hasn't played recently because he had a felony domestic violence, Oops. which you hate to see that. You're like, no, Oops. this is the guy we want. Now, does that drive his value down? Could you maybe get this guy for a discount? I don't want to be in a position where I have to worry about it happening again. And felony is not something to sneeze at. So I would be looking closely into this situation if I'm, if I'm the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Like, what were the circumstances yeah. around it, and how worried would we be that it could happen again? Because if you trade for a player like that and it happens again, he had to sit out a whole year, you know? And I, I would say the next time something happens, it would be even longer, you know, so you could lose the asset entirely. And that's, I, I think, you know, how the risk assessment should go, you know, with teams. If, if you want to take a, a second chance on a domestic violence guy, I'll support it, you know, because I think people can change and people need second chances. People make huge mistakes. They feel terrible for. So I just want to, you know, but I think that's the exact kind of player that I'd love to get, Chief. 20 yeah. and 7 right now? Yeah, that's pretty impressive stuff. And you would imagine everything you just mentioned, that does probably drive the price down a little bit. And then you factor in the fact that he's on the expiring contract. Uh, this is the final year, so it might be a bit of a rental situation. 
you you might be able to get him on on the cheap and his cap hit is only eight million bucks wow um for for this season so and again that's expiring so you could probably get him on the on the cheap i would think yeah you have uh jeremy grant in portland his cap number significantly higher mavs have been tied to asking about him that's what Sandler just texted me while he was sitting Yeah, he here. likes Jeremy Grant. <laughs> yeah, he likes him too, yeah. I'd be trying to get him and Malcolm Brogdon. You know, that's your smaller playmaker, good defensive guy. I think he has an expiring contract as well. I think he does. Let me, they uh, they uh, got him in the, in the trade for Damian Lillard, and he's just kind of like, hey, I'm a veteran that's willing to help a championship rotation, but, uh, but uh, these guys aren't ready to win right now. I so think I, you brought up Brogdon before. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I think I think your personality source said he's he's like a mercenary. Oh, he's just right. constantly yeah. playing for his next big contract, and he's he's a me first guy. You got him right. Yeah, you got him um, right. Yep. But it, he's good at it, you know. And yeah. he's in a contract year, so I, if if that's a rental, what I'm thinking, guys, and, and it's you know we could we could absolutely get a significant trade here in the next couple of weeks. It's just a matter of the right deal being available. The model now is two stars, and then another four or five guys who are really freaking good. It's not necessarily three superstars. I don't even know if three superstars works. It's so hard to build the rest of the team around these guys. But now that you got Vegas money in line, I think going into luxury tax threshold is going to be more doable. I think they can make a trade at this deadline with one pick and a couple of assets and then go back and, and, and do another trade in the summer. And I think that's what we're going to get as long as the, the right situation materializes. But seeing all of these different names that are available quality guys that fit the description of what you need, you have to do a, one of these deals for one of these gentlemen. It's just so rare that a bunch of 6'8 dudes who can create their own shot and play a varying degree of good defense are available. And what supply does in a market like this, it brings the 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 the, the compensation down significantly. Hopefully uh, Mark Cuban and, and Nico over there can make something happen. Brian, what do you have to add? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, though, just kind of just as we're banging along here, uh, Grant's tough because he's got a monster contract. It's yeah. a tough one to deal with. Your uh, Washington player, uh, Adia. Adia, he's decent. He's a, a fair way to put it. Uh, I'm kind of getting a. I asked uh, what does he do well. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the, the it sounded like to me probably a decent player there is a fair Euro way dude, to, full skill set. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm 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 catching the ball. I can shoot, pass, or actually yeah. dribble and make plays for myself and others. I I, I think you've seen what Dante Exum has done, just having a full yeah. skill set. Um, and I, you know those are the kind of players that I'm looking for. I, I think on his European team, Luca plays better when there's a bunch of guys that are a triple threat every time they catch the basketball. You can put a lot more pressure on a, on opposing defenses like that. And I, I mean, Exum being a borderline NBA player comes to a skill-starved roster and looks like your fourth best player because you just don't have enough of those traits. Yeah. I'll get you the update though, as uh, on this uh, on our Washington guy here in a second. I know you will, Brian. You're you're at this point a quadruple insider. There is not a sport he cannot become an insider for, and and we love him for it. Okay, uh, it is the G Bag Nation here on 105 to the Fan. Looks like we got three down, two to go, and uh, an edition of Football's Finest is coming up next, Chief. What do you have in mind? Two ingredients the front runners need on defense and weird vibes and filthy next here in the nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.